to the True Wealth Financial Show, a show dedicated to providing you the information and inspiration to navigate financial decisions, intentionally build wealth, and retire with confidence. And now, here's your host, Mike Potter. Hi, welcome to another episode of the True Wealth Financial Show. In today's episode, I want to begin a series of episodes on talking about mindset, specifically money mindset. And in this episode, I really want to talk about why it's important that we understand mindset and uh, what we can do a a little bit about and how it impacts our money. So mindset essentially uh, consists of the beliefs, uh, the biases, the perceptions, the opinions, and the viewpoints that we have towards something. And if you think about it, you know, different people have different perspectives of a whole bunch of things. So I heard this story one time of, of a guy asking another guy, hey, hey, what's an elephant look like? And so the guy says, well, um, you know, there's this long nose that comes out of his front. He has some really big ears. There's these kind of ivory tusks that come out. And the other guy says, that's fine. That's that's not what I see when I see an elephant. And he says, well, what do you see? He goes, I just see kind of, uh, you know, this grayish big round thing with this tail coming out. And the, the other guy says, well, do you not see the, the two tusks coming out? And he says, no, there's no tusks here. And he goes, well, do you see any eyes? No, I don't see any eyes. And the reality was, you have two different people on two ends of, of the elephant. One's looking at it straight on. The other one's looking at it from the rear, obviously seeing the backside of the elephant. And so the, the simple illustration is the idea of two people can be looking at the exact same thing, but based upon their perspective, their viewpoint, they could see different things. Uh, I heard a story one time of a little boy who got on the airplane and he, he was the first one to come on and, and he basically came into that first row and kind of squatted down and put his hands under his chin and said, oh, wow, because he just saw this, you know, big full airplane and thought, wow, this is great, this big, huge thing. And he was elated about it. Another guy got on the same plane a little bit later and he had all the way in the back seat and he got to that front and said, oh, I got to go all the way to the back, right? Two different perspectives of the exact same thing. Uh, Really, and that's really why, you know, there's this thing in finance called the immigrant advantage, right? So an immigrant comes to America and basically sees all this opportunity, all this freedom, all capitalism and uh, democracy and all this opportunity to, to go build something in their life compared to the country that they came from that maybe was worn torn or or regulated or restricted in, in nature from their governments. And they come to America and they see, wow, what a great opportunity. Whereas other people who are born here, you know, all they see is the, the things that's wrong with it. Right, the little man can't get ahead. The doom and gloom, the inequality, the, the all the 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 pressures that, to keep the little man down, things like that. Right, so two people view the exact same thing, completely different. And so, why is mindset important? The reality is that mindset basically are our beliefs drive our actions, 
which then drive our behaviors and the results of outcome and evidence. So if you think about it, think about this chart of you know, beliefs you know, with a circle that then kind of drives actions, which then drives results or, you know, behaviors and outcomes and then evidence. And see, it's and it's circular because when you get that evidence of those the actions from the results that they they reinforce the beliefs. And so it becomes circular in nature. Well, the evidence and, and the results and the outcomes are all driven from the actions and so where most people start when they work on self-help change or trying to improve something like diet or health or relationships or even money, they start with the actions piece. And the problem with that is you end up self-sabotaging is really the, the, the honest truth of it. You start doing something for a while, but then it gets hard because change is hard and you don't see the results that you want. And then your belief says, well, we knew this wasn't going to work. And so you stop. So the evidence comes around, reinforces the belief of it's not going to change. And so you stop the actions. And actions also have impacts or blockers uh, from or obstacles. You don't control all the actions, right? You don't control all the actions that you do. But you, can complete, you have complete control over your beliefs. You have complete control over your mindset. No one can stop you from thinking the way you think and no one can uh, make you think the way you think except for you. It's the one area of that circle of beliefs, actions, outcomes or results and evidence that you have complete control over. You might try to do something with, you know, uh, health, for example, uh, but it might not work. And so, you know, you might hurt yourself. You might injure yourself. That's an outcome. And so that might inhibit it. But you have complete control over beliefs. James Clear in his uh, book, Habits, Atomic Habits, great book if you haven't read it, he says that all habit change starts with identity change. So you have to start inside and work out. Right. So somebody says, I am a runner. They have to have the mindset and the identity that I'm a runner. And then they start going about running. Uh, someone who is has a good marriage has to start with the identity or the perspective or the value of I have a good marriage. And then that manifests itself out and their marriage you know, improves or gets better. All habit change starts with identity. It starts on the inside you know, inside the brain, right? As a man thinketh, so is he. This is illustrated by the, the, the story, I'm sure you've heard of it, maybe, uh, of, of Roger Bannister and the four-minute mile. So for hundreds of years, people didn't think that a human could run a mile sub four minutes. They just thought it was physically, mentally impossible. Some doctors went on to even state that if, if you did try to run a mile, your heart couldn't take it and it would basically you know, explode or go into cardiac arrest or whatever. And so for, for many, many decades, no one would, would run a sub four-minute mile until one day Roger Bannister, Roger Bannister basically did it. He came in maybe like 358 or whatever. And it just revolutionized the running world. And then all of a sudden, within that same year, by year end, like 20 to 30 other people also ran a sub four minute mile. Why? Because one guy did it. Therefore, others believe that it could be done. 
And really, it's that principle that we want to carry over to money, right? So other people have done it, so therefore it can be done. So what it, when you think of money, what beliefs do you have about money? Do you think money's good? Do you think money's awesome? Do you think money's bad? When you see a, a, a wealthy person, do you think of them as you know, evil, as a crook, or as you know, someone who helped the marketplace and served a lot of people? How do you perceive that? When you see someone who's maybe homeless or begging on the street, do you see them as you know, uh, lazy, as unproductive, of making bad choices? right with their money like what do you see when you see things like that when you look at your bank account what do you see when you look at your investments what do you see what do you think about when you think about money and here's an even more interesting uh, question where did those beliefs that you have come from did you consciously say this is how i'm going to believe about money or is it like most of us? It's it's unconscious. It's unintentional. It just kind of came in through uh, through our environment or through our experiences. Right? What? Where did those beliefs come from? Most of the time, they're not intentional thoughts. Most of the time, they're not conscious beliefs. They're just beliefs that we have. So here's another question: the beliefs that you have about money, do they serve you? Are they empowering beliefs or are they disempowering beliefs? Are they beliefs that's taking you, that's advancing you in your financial journey in your life or are they hindering you? How are they serving you? Here is the best belief that you can have when it comes to beliefs in general and specifically about money. The best belief that you can have is that you can change your beliefs. Because if you can change your beliefs, you can change your actions. And if you can change your actions, you can change your financial future. And, if, and like we talked about in, in the episode on True Wealth, if you can change your financial future, you can change your life, you can change your marriage, you can change your children, you can change your community, you can change purposes and causes that you're passionate about, you can change your legacy. But it all starts with beliefs. Because in order to change your life and to change your money, you have to believe that you can. And if you don't have the belief that you can change that, you're going to self-sabotage. You're going to start to make some progress, but then recede back. And so beliefs are completely up to you. You get to decide what you believe about money and about finances. So over the next couple episodes, we're going to talk about different aspects of money mindset that hopefully are going to be helpful to you to maybe, you know, if you think about it from a computer perspective, reprogram your mind. Because uh, while you, so you probably have some beliefs that are good when it comes to your money, but you probably have some that are bad, that are disempowering, that are limiting you, that are restricting you, that are constraining you. And those beliefs were not put there consciously by you. And so we're going to kind of, you know, just like a computer program, kind of take out the old update and hopefully put in a new. So I hope this is helpful for you. If you have any questions regarding this, please feel free to reach out and ask. And until next time, hope you have a great day. 
Thanks again for taking the time to watch or listen this week's episode of the True Wealth Financial Show. I encourage you to like, share, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Additionally, you can go to www.truewealth.show for more information and resources. One final note as we wrap up today's show. I hope the information that you were provided was helpful and valuable, but I want to remind you that it's really for educational purposes only. Prior to making any decisions or taking any actions, I would strongly encourage you to talk to your legal, tax, estate, or financial advisor who's familiar with the circumstances of your situation. Until next time, I hope you have a great day. The views and opinions expressed on this show are for general information and educational purposes. Mike Potter is an investment advisor representative of True Wealth Financial Group, a Florida registered investment advisor. You should consult a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your financial situation before making decisions. Nothing in this show constitutes a sale or solicitation of a specific securities. Any mentioned rates of return are historical or hypothetical in nature and are used for illustrative purposes and are not a guarantee of future returns. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.